spoken or unspoken needs I pray that you will ask God and that you will, that you will touch down that you will heal anybody financially, emotionally, physically mentally in either way and I ask that we pray together Lord in your holy name God we come to you Jesus on this night we ask God that you walk through us throughout this week for every spoken and unspoken need for every person that needs you every heart that cries out Lord I pray that you will guide and that you will touch down Lord, in your holy name
is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how. anything I don't have to go up there and say anything you know like profound or maybe God just wants us to worship and I was looking I saw my granny and she'd been in church for a long time and she, she'd been a pillar in my walk with God and I was thinking about something and I was like man what if I what if I can't say anything like you know what if I don't, don't do the right thing and I was thinking I was like something about she told something she told me probably four or five years ago about my work with God started really like working up started really getting serious and um she said it doesn't matter what you did before it doesn't matter what you're about to do only what you do in the moment get in the house of God when you're there it doesn't matter if you've sinned if you're doing good as long as you're there God will work and I was thinking you know you're defined by what you do in the moment not what you've done not what you're about to do what you do right now because it leads you to where you're gonna go and it's, it's so crazy because, you know, 
You could be patient. You could worship. All those things. Just do what you can in the moment, and God will work. But if the ushers would please come. God, I pray that you would touch this offering tonight. I pray that you touch Brother Stephen as he comes to deliver the word and just touch the rest of this worship service. In Jesus' name.
trust your word, I trust your word, I'm standing on your promises. No kingdoms stand still. What that means is, God, what you are wanting to do. Do not let me get in the way. Do not let pride stop it. Do not let bondage get in the way. But God, I need you to move because my problem is too great. My situations are too strong. What's coming against me is too powerful. But God, when you move, when your kingdom comes, when your heavens begin to rain down on earth like it is in heaven, there is no chain that is strong enough to hold it. There is no bondage strong enough to hold us down. There is nothing that comes against us. When the kingdom of God is let loose, there is a breakthrough in this place. There is a victory in this place. And I don't know who it was, but I felt it behind me. I don't know who. But it's already beginning to break in this place. There's already something happening that you walked in here wondering you were on the border of whether or not you would walk out of here in victory. The answer is yes. You don't have to wait until the altar call. You don't have to wait until I say some sort of verbiage or some sort of word that triggers it because the power of God is already here. There's already a ministry of God happening in this place right now. A ministry of victory, of deliverance, of restoration, of redemption, whatever it is. You may have walked in here feeling like you've done too much to be loved. You're wrong. You may have felt like you've been bound for too long to walk out of here in victory, but that is a lie. But there is a spirit of truth that is ministering in this place tonight that is going to shine through every bit of shadow of darkness, every bit of lie that's come against your family, your mind, your home, whatever it has been, any ailment that's come against your body, any sort of doubt that's come against your spirit or your mind is going to be bound in the name of Jesus where you walked in bound your tribulation is going to leave here bound and you are going to walk out of here free but it's not based off of my words it's not based off of how I preach it's not based off of what I do it's based off your response to the kingdom of God and your response to the move of God so right now there's going to be three more minutes. I want you to go back into that, into that bridge and know heaven locked up. If you don't know a word to pray, if you don't know what to say right now, but you feel like that there is something in your spirit that you know you did not get as far as you needed to in the worship service. If all you can do is just look at the words on the screen and make that your anthem and make that your prayer, that you are claiming and you are prophesying that in your moment right now that there is no heaven going to be locked up by my situation, by my pride. There's not going to be any kingdom that is standing still. But right now I'm allowing heavens to rain down. I'm allowing kingdoms to move because our great God is moving. Our great God is here. Our great God is moving from side to side, from the front to the back, saying, who is wanting me to heal this? 
not just a feeling. But he's so real. And I'm grateful to be a part of the kingdom. Grateful to be able to minister behind this pulpit. I'm able, I'm blessed to be here. We're lucky to be here. Um, And if you're on the cusp, I do want to show something, uh, Brother Darren, if you do have it. That happened recently. Um, that is just, it was, it blew my mind. It's going to be tough to see because it's a screenshot from my phone. But, so what this is, if you ever see on my wrist, I'm not wearing two watches, but this is a, a little tracker. It's a little health tracker, and it tracks your heart rate, your uh, stress levels, your sleep. It, it checks your blood oxygen levels. It's really neat. I really enjoy it. Um, but what this you're seeing on the screen here is uh, my stress level one day on a, a Sunday morning. And it goes from zero to three. And you can see where I was asleep, the lowest points. And then you can see where it gets really high. Where it gets really high, that's where church started. <laughs> According to my WHOOP health tracker, uh, church sometimes gets stressful for me. Uh, but as I was looking at it one day after service, I see, and you can see a blue dot right here towards the middle with a dashed line through it. And what you can see is it's at 0.8, which is equal to, if not lower, than some of the points where I was asleep. And so I was looking at it, and I got confused. I was wondering what happened during this church service that my stress levels dropped immediately and plummeted and that you know what happened so I looked at the time and I looked and I could see that it said 10 16 a.m low 0.8 and so I went to the church live stream I figured okay so that means it's 16 minutes into the live stream let's see what went on and so if you go to the next picture is if you do have it is and that's also hard to see but it's the exact minute moment that I begin praying for prayer requests in front of like leading the service and it blew my mind and I got chills when I looked at it when I realized and we say sometimes but I think we have trouble believing and that prayer is the ultimate ease to any anxiety that whenever you begin to pray that stresses begin to melt away that there cannot be a gratitude with God and then also an anxiety in our mind that and I looked and as science at and I looked at my whoop band that does not care about Christianity and does not care about the Holy Ghost was letting me know that something happened where your stress was not there anymore. Something happened that what was weighing on you before, that whatever you were dealing with before was not present at that moment. And as I began to look and realize that prayer is the answer to it, that you've been maybe discouraged, that you've been praying for something for a long time, or you've been praying for something and you, realize, you think maybe prayer doesn't matter. Maybe prayer is not as powerful as I thought, but science is here to tell you that prayer is very powerful. That science is here to tell you that prayer works, that prayer will take away any anxiety, that prayer will take away any depression, that prayer will move in your situation. 
And you don't have to take my word for it. You can take whoop for it. All right? Keep praying. You may be seated. I wrestled with uh, this message, as I do a lot of times. Uh, A lot of it's, you know, I think I overthink, and I want to say the right word. I never want to minister something incorrectly. And um, so I was working on a message that I had gotten the main point from God very clearly, and I was working on it, and, and then I felt like I was trying to make it sound really, really good. And I was trying to make it, you know, I wanted to word it very well, and I wanted to speak it very well. And it, it got to the point where it just was not working. And so I discarded it completely, and I went with another message, and then I'm here, and now I feel maybe that I'm going to speak the first one. Um, as it tends to work, but it's going to be, it's going to be a terrible message. It, and I'm fine with it. Because I, I believe it's just going to minister. I don't believe I'm going to blow you away with, with sermonizing you. I'm not going to blow you away with saying words very clearly and eloquently. But I believe that God has influenced me to speak this. And I'm going to share, I'm going to mention my life and my testimony. And yes, I have shared my testimony with you before several times. But I've only lived one life. I've only got, I mean, I can try to come up with some more tribulations, I guess. But, but right now, this is the only life I've got. And, you know, if we have overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, I can't not talk about my life and my testimony. But this is not in a woe is me testimony moment. But this is something that God moved in me and changed how I was viewing my life. And I think if we can change the way we view our life in this way as well, that I truly think that we will never not trust God again, that we will always Trust him. But the title of the message was, I was lucky. Or how lucky was I? And which is so I gave a reference to it earlier that we were lucky to be here. And, you know, luck, it's a, you know, it's a concept often used to describe moments of unexpected success or favorable outcomes. It's it's a word, we've all heard this word, I'm just, I probably didn't introduce you to the word luck, have I? Okay. We've all heard the word luck, we've all used this word, we probably all wished for it, we've all probably wished it, we've already said good luck to somebody, we probably wished we had better luck, maybe. Uh, luck, you know, it's commonly understood as the belief in random chance or happenstance determining the course of events in our lives, it's often associated with fortune and with success. You know, some people you see them and you're like, man, how do they have all of the luck? You know, or some people you're like, I wish I had a little bit of luck. If something could go wrong, it seems to go wrong. And a lot of times we put a lot of faith into luck. But if you think about a lot of times in the Bible even, you know, how lucky was David? How lucky was David that of all of the brothers... That he was the youngest of eight brothers. That he was the one chosen to go out into the field and to tend the sheep. Which it, make, it doesn't really make sense if you think about it that if you're going to send one of your children out into the wilderness to be responsible for a group of livestock, I wouldn't choose my youngest. But how lucky was David that he was the one that was selected to go out there 
And how lucky was David that he just happened to be bringing his three oldest brothers some food because they were soldiers out in the battlefield when he just happened to be close by to hear Goliath taunting the Israelite army. And then how lucky was David that when he accepted the challenge of Goliath, that when he fired that smooth stone from his sling, that it perfectly sunk into the forehead of Goliath that was heavily armored and allowed him to crumble. How lucky was David? And we don't even have to look at just Bible examples. Let's look at personal life, and here's where my testimony comes in. That whenever I was six years old, and we didn't know it yet, but I was developing a cancerous tumor in my left eye. Didn't know about it, but it began to happen, and I got an irritation in my eye. Never, I would move it back and forth. I would feel it scrape, and so we went to the doctor. And the doctor said, oh, yes, it's, it's probably just a sty. You know, it's, it's no big deal. It'll go away in a few days. And so we're like, oh, okay, good. And so we go on with our life, and lucky for me, I happened to be enrolled in karate classes. I was six years old, and I had a lot of energy. And I, so I went to karate classes, and I was lucky enough for also in my karate class was a kid whose parent was an ophthalmologist, an eye doctor, Dr. Graves. And I was lucky enough for my class that day to be the same class that his children were in, was in. And he happens to glance at me as I'm walking in and notices my eye and asks my mom, hey, what's going on with Steven's eye? And my mom's like, oh, we already got it checked out. It's just eye. Don't worry about it. And he's like, well, no, come, come to my office Monday and, and you know, I'll we'll, take a look at it. And after going to the, the doctor, after going to Dr. Graves and seeing it, within that week, I was finding myself in an operating room having a, a tumor removed that had grown so fast and so large that it was beginning to push my eyeball downward. And that I was diagnosed with rhabdomyosarcoma, which if it's not caught and if it's not treated, it's extremely aggressive and it could spread from the eye to the brain, from the brain to the lungs, and the lungs to the bone marrow. And at that point, survival is very, very slim. But it was caught early, and whenever it's caught early, it is easily treated. How lucky was I that I happened to be enrolled in karate, and how, how lucky was I that Dr. Graves' kids were also enrolled in karate. And how lucky was I that our classes of all of the days of the week happened to line up on the same day. And how lucky was I that he happened to glance at me and see something and then also have the boldness to mention something to my mom. And then overcome the objection that had already been checked out but to look at it again. So if you look at David and his story and you look at my story. There's not a lot of similarities, but there is one, and the one similarity is that luck had nothing to do with it. The how lucky was David that he happened to be the one selected to go out and to watch the sheep? No, God knew that if he was going to be the one that battled Goliath, that he was going to have to be battle-tested. And to be battle-tested, he was going to have to be in the field watching the sheep whenever a lion and whenever a bear came. And so he happened to be placed right in the position to have to face something greater than he was, to have to lean on God to realize it's not my power and it's not my strength, but it's God that allows me to get the victory. And he was able to overcome the lion and the bear. So then whenever he 
faces Goliath, it was nothing new. But he was able to realize, I've overcome something greater than myself. I've overcome something more powerful than myself. It was not luck, but it was God. Luck had nothing to do with it, but God had everything to do with it. You see, in my life, luck had nothing to do with it. But God orchestrated every single part of my life to create a testimony in me, a fighting spirit in me to realize whenever things go, it seem like too hard to be true, too difficult to be true, that God has been working the whole time and preparing me for something greater. Because then if you move further on in my life, about 10 years later when I'm 13 years old, it's 2010, January 2010, a young couple moves to Paris, Texas. And this young couple, you may know them, they may be familiar to you, is Jordan and Ashley Cunningham. I love Jordan and Ashley Cunningham. And I owe a lot of my life to them. And Jordan is my older cousin, but we were 10 years apart exactly, so we were never close. And so he moves here in January, and in March of 2010, he becomes the youth pastor of U-Turn Student Ministries. And we begin to develop you know, a relationship and a bond and a, a mentorship. And he begins to kind of take me under his wing a little bit, take me to go eat places, take me, took me to like Maverick Games and things like that. And he, he invested time in me. And this is in March. March, April, May, June 2010, I lose my dad to a heart attack. My male role model, the, I'm 13, this is a critical time to have a male role model. This is, something, this is not the time, to, there's never a good time to lose your male role model, but 13 is definitely not it. How lucky was I that before, just two months, three months before, I'm going to lose my male role model in my life. A new youth pastor steps in that is beginning to take me under his wing. Somebody that's able to look at me and to be able to invest in me. And how lucky am I that he was able to take me and show me how to work around the church and how to minister to people and what it looks like truly to be a minister and how to interact with people. How lucky am I that my future ministry, my future calling was being poured into me. And a male role model, before I was even lacking, my original one was already provided for me just a few months before I were to lose my original one. Luck had nothing to do with it. And I am convinced, and I know that if God did not bring Jordan to Paris in January and then enroll, enlisted him into as youth pastor in March, that I know that I would not be here today. And I know if you know Jordan at all, and if you hang around me at all, it's not, it didn't take long to see that he rubbed off on me, that he instilled things in me, some good, some bad. But what I'm here to say is there is nothing that happens in your life that is random or that is chance. There is nothing that happens in your life that just happens. There is nothing that you deem bad in your life that is just bad for you. There's nothing that happens good in your life that you deem as just good. But God is orchestrating everything together for his good. You see, he works all things together for my good. Before you were ever born, he ordained every single day of your life. 
Before you ever went through a struggle, he ordained exactly what needed to happen. Before you ever struggle, before you ever hurt, God was already ready to move and to minister and direct you exactly through your trial into a testimony, into exactly what you were called to be. You see, Proverbs 16, says, the lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision from the Lord. See, casting lots was the same thing as flipping a coin or rolling dice. It was just giving up to chance to make a decision. And what it's saying right here is us humans, we throw things up to chance and we, we give things up to luck. But every decision comes from the Lord. And Psalms 139.16 says, your eyes have seen my formless substance. And in your book were written all the days that were ordained for me when as yet there was not one of them. Before you had a single day on earth, God had ordained every single day of your life. Before you ever went through anything on this earth, any struggle, anything good, anything bad, God already had his fingerprint on it. God knows the beginning from the ending. God is the alpha and he is the omega. He is the first and he is the last and he knows exactly what he's doing in your life today. You say, well, you make me, no, you don't understand. I've got so many unknowns. I've got so many struggles. I'm going through this. I don't know what tomorrow brings. I don't know what my government's going to do. I don't know about all this. You may have unknowns, but God does not have any unknowns. God is not going to be caught off guard by what your tomorrow brings. But he has ordained every single day of your life. And so what I'm wanting to do, and I told you this wasn't going to be a good message, but I want somebody to grab a hold of this. You aren't here by luck. Young people, you aren't here by luck. You aren't in your school because just by luck, that just happened to be the house that your parents moved into. So you were in that district, so you happened to go there, and you happened to be placed in a random seat because the teacher decided to assign your seat. No, every decision is from God. And God had the choice in the very beginning to look at 2024 and decide, you know what, I could put King David right here in Paris High School, and I could have him minister I could, get, I could get Peter the apostle and I could put him in North Lamar and I could get him to minister in the theater department. I can, I, can get, I can get all these great Bible characters that we read that seem to be so powerful and have such great faith. I could put them in 2024, but he didn't. And it wasn't because of luck. It wasn't because of chance. It was because he looked at you before you ever had a single day on this earth and he ordained it. And he said, that is who I want in Paris High School. That is who I want in North Lamar. That is who I want to attend the United Pentecostal Church of Paris and sit in the pew and support Brother Meyer and to be able to minister in my community and to work here and to work there and minister to my family because I need to ordain their life because they are the one chosen. They are the chosen vessel for this day and for this age. And so whenever you begin to face doubts in your life that I do not matter, that I can go somewhere and no one else would even notice. I can miss church and no one would even care. It is so far from the truth because God, before you were ever born, before your parents ever even met, he said, I need them in Paris today. I need them in their school today. I need them on this earth in my kingdom, in my army fighting for me today. So when you wake up in the morning and there's a trial that faces you and there is a doubt that comes against you and there's something that's trying to seem to bring your mind down it's not an accident and it's not chance and it's not just bad luck that day but it's something that is forming you into what you were being called to be that the picture because we look at our life so close and whenever you look at a painting just by the individual strokes as the strokes are being painted they're ugly 
It doesn't make sense. The painting does not make any sense when you're watching it in the moment. But as the time begins to develop, as the picture is painted, as layers are put on, as there is shadowing, and you begin to step back and you look and you realize that the, the artist knew exactly what they were doing. That there were these drawings and there were these marks. And I watched Cal and my wife because she's a painter and she's an artist. And she'll do something. And I'm like, well, she messed up there. I don't know what that is. And then I realized that she had to put that dark mark there. Because then whenever she put a lighter color over it, it began to create a shadow effect. That then I would not have known how to put that there. So I, don't know, I didn't understand the dark time at the moment. I didn't understand the dark mark at the moment. But now when the light began to shine over it, it created this beautiful picture that was art. And so whenever you're in this dark time, you're in this struggle, you're saying, why has God forsaken me? Why has God left me? Why am I struggling like this? Why do I have such bad luck? Why does everybody hate me? God is saying, you are right where you need to be right now and the light is coming to shine on that darkness and you're going to look at me and say God why did I ever doubt you God you are going to be the king of my life God I'm giving everything to you because you have it all under control there is no luck there is only God there is only favor So what I, what I want to do, and this is different, I know, and this is weird, and I don't like it. I like every sermon to be typed out completely. But I want everybody to stand up at this moment. I want musicians to come. And I want every eye closed. Because everybody's situation in their life, everybody's walk with God is different. Everything we go through, every single trial, everything that we experience, is not, it's not the same as with the person next to us. So we're not worried about what the person next to us is doing or what they're saying. But one thing that's the same through all of this is nothing that we have gone through, nothing that we are facing, and nothing that is going to come against us in the future is just by chance or just by luck. No place that we go, no rejection that we face, no college application that we get turned down for that we thought we were a shoe in. None of that is just by luck or by chance. But God is ordaining your steps. God is operating and guiding you, weaving you through this tapestry of a life that he is going to reveal all of it in the end to you, that he had it all under control. And so right now as every eye is closed, It's a time of commitment. Of saying, God, I have unknowns. I do have doubts. I do have fears. I do have insecurities. So God, that's why I need you. I need you to be strong where I'm weak. I need you to be faithful where I'm fickle. I need you to be all-powerful God, whenever I, I can't move forward in my day, God, I need you to be steady, God, whenever I feel shaky, because God, I know that everything I go through is not just, not just by luck, not just by chance, but you have everything under your control, and so God, in all of my ways from now on, I'm acknowledging you. That when I wake up in the morning, God, I want to acknowledge you and say, God, where are you taking me today? What are you wanting me to do today?
And the scripture says, in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. He is directing where you are going, where you are going to go, what you're going to do, who you're going to meet, who you're going to marry, what your career is going to be. He is orchestrating it. He is guiding it. And all you have to do is say, God, I give you control. No heaven locked up. Let it open. No kingdom stand still. Let it move. Whatever you are wanting to do, whatever direction you are wanting to take me, whatever it is, God, I am trusting in you because there is no luck. There is only you. Luck had nothing to do with it to get me where I am today. I shouldn't be here today. I shouldn't be preaching the gospel today, but I'm here and luck had nothing to do with it. But God, you brought me through. God, I shouldn't be attending church today. I've done so much in my past. I I did this. I did that. I've done this. I But God, you have brought me through and I'm here today. And luck had nothing to do with it. But God, you had everything to do with it. So right now, these altars are open. And this isn't anything fancy. This isn't anything elaborate. What you are going to do is decide, God, I'm committing my entire life to you because I don't know my tomorrow, but you do. I don't know my future, but God, you have it in your hands. You are the author and you are the finisher of my faith. And so God, I'm going to respond in faith and step out to the front, to the altar and allow you to work inside of me. I'm going to acknowledge you, God, with my body as I step out, with my mind, God, as I think things of you, with my mouth as I sing your praises, God, I pray. There is beauty in what I can't understand. Jesus, it's you. I never want to take you for granted, God. I never just want to say I had good luck. I never want to say that God, I just had bad luck. I never want to discredit you that what you are doing and the art that you are creating in my life. So God, in all of my ways, in the good times and the bad times, I'm acknowledging you.
of Abraham, you're the God of covenant and faithful promises. Time and time again, you have proven you'll do just what you say. Though the storms may
Thank you.